What's up guys? So today we're going to be discussing what happens to be the newest addition to M. Night Shyamalan's already crazy movie catalog. And this movie is simply called Glass. Now if you have not seen the film, feel free to listen to another episode because there will be spoilers within this episode. <clears throat> and then also the fact that if you haven't even seen Unbreakable or Split, it's also going to be a rough ride for you. But nonetheless, this is a crazy film, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking about it, simply because the actors, man. What? Uh, wow. Right? I mean, Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, and James McAvoy, all in the same film, and their characters as well. Holy shit. I couldn't even believe it. I, I honestly is one of the few movies in recent time where I found myself just stuck watching it. Like it's one of those where you can't look away. Like you're not even gonna get up to refill your popcorn. That is if you're in theater. Or I mean, I, you can make popcorn at your house. I'm sure. I, I feel like that's a thing. We've all grown pretty accustomed to. But like I said, this movie is called Glass, and it came out in 2019. It's rated PG-13. It is uh, runs two hours, nine minutes, drama, sci-fi, and thriller. The synopsis is simply, Security guard David Dunn uses his supernatural abilities to track Kevin Wendell Crumb, a disturbed man who has 24 personalities. It's got 6.8 out of 10 stars on IMDb. It stars James McAvoy, as I said, Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson also said, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, Sarah Paulson, and Spencer Treat Clark. What a crazy middle name, though, right? Treat? I don't know. What kind of parents did you have? Probably hippies. But yes, it's directed and written by M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. I don't know. It's a weird, uh, weird last name, but... I guess I should start by saying I love most everything that he's done. Because I'm a huge... I'm a huge fan of just uh, movies that have a, a twist because in the world of entertainment, we've grown so accustomed to certain things. We expect certain things to happen within different genres of film. And M. Night is one of those guys that is always able to find that misdirection. Takes you on another journey, a place you didn't expect to go 100%. And that's exactly how I felt. And I feel with every one of his films, there's not one film that I've watched from him that didn't have that. Even if he doesn't have a twist, which he usually does, if he didn't have a twist, you're still going to be waiting for the twist to show up in the film. Does that make sense? You're still going to watch the whole thing like, okay, well, he's obviously making making you believe that the killer is this guy, so it's obviously the other guy. You know, In your mind, you're thinking like this. Because of the reputation this man has. But nonetheless, he is easily one of the... I don't know. I can't even explain it. He's one of my favorite directors through and through. He just... Something special. He really is something special. Because to be able to find the... The misdirect that works as well as it does within all of his films, is an amazing feat. To accomplish it at a consistent level is amazing. And at this level. 
Because there, there are a lot of directors that are able to do this misdirection and whatnot. But they, they just aren't as consistent. They're not as good. And they're also, you know, B-movie directors, if that makes sense. Simply meaning that, you know, somebody might have a good storyline and a good twist at the end of their film. But they didn't have as big of a budget to make the film, to pay for the great actors, etc., etc. So you never really hear about the film. Or the film ends up having a, a select following. For instance, like uh, there's this director who I really enjoy who is also very good at psychological thrillers. And his name is Gaspar Noe. N-O-E. And he's got a couple films on Netflix right now. I believe... Um, what the hell is the one is called? Enter the Void. And then there's another one. Uh, I can't even think of what it's called. I've never watched it because... Oh, Climax is the newest one, but there is a couple other ones that are on there. Also, um, what's-his-face? I mean, just as far as weird movies in general, a lot of these guys that aren't as famous as M. Night are doing as good as good of work or better. You'll find yourself watching an indie film and being like, how is not everybody talking about this? But that's not what we're here for, okay? So what we're going to be doing is uh, looking at just some random stuff here, little things you might not know about this movie. Like uh, Samuel L. Jackson said of working with James McAvoy on the movie, he's quoted as saying, As good as I like to think I am, or what I do, and how I do it, watching somebody transform characters in front of your eyes, and have an argument with four different people, is pretty amazing. And that's, that's kind of exactly how I feel. Seeing... A guy like James McAvoy who has played the likes of Professor X as well as the main one of the main characters in the original Shameless television show. Not the American version, but the original you know, British or English, whatever the hell it is. Uh yeah. The original version. You guys fucking get it. I don't have to explain so deep, but you get what I'm saying. He was <clears throat> he's very versatile. And this is kind of a proof of that, 100% proof, because you see it. It's in your face. And for somebody who is as good as Samuel L. Jackson already, to have him say something like this about somebody who is like James McAvoy, relatively newer face, younger guy for sure, being able to say that he is that amazing is proof to kind of what I was saying. And I'm not that great of an actor. <laughs> I'm not an actor at all, honestly. But my point being is that I, I very much am in tune with the actors and what qualifies as good acting. And James McAvoy fucking crushed this movie. He crushed this movie. He crushed Split. And he's on an absolute tear. I mean, all the way going all the way back to Wanted, when you first really see James McAvoy... He's phenomenal. He did a great job in that shit. But to go and play somebody who has 24 different personalities, difficult. Difficult for anyone. Difficult for any good actor. Difficult for anybody who doesn't actually have 24 personalities. For that guy, easy peasy. Not even thinking about it. But for others who are just acting the part, it has got to be rough, man. To play one character is difficult, but to switch like that, yeah. Okay, so James McAvoy also actually based one of the 23 personalities on a young Sayoris. 
I don't even know how to say this chick's name. Uh, he w he worked with this girl in uh, the film Atonement. Now, that's a crazy movie, too. Not as crazy, but definitely a, a, a versatile McAvoy. Definitely versatile. But that's really what it takes to be a good actor, is you're technically supposed to pull your characters from real-life experiences, real-life people, people you've met. And he actually pulled a character from somebody he's actually worked with in another film. It's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. And like I said, he's, he's great. This movie was actually filmed in a former mental hospital in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Which that would have been... I always wonder what that's like. Because I live in a place where they're not filming film movies, right? They're not making movies in my area. And if they have, it's not close enough where I've ran into this. But I wonder what that's like. Because I've been to Chicago... Where they do a lot of the Shameless. They do all of Shameless in Chicago. I was not there during filming. But there's still a lot of signs up and whatnot that say, you know, pedestrians are still good to travel this way during filming. And I, I'd imagine that's probably how it goes on movie sets as well. Or not the sets, but you know what I'm saying. Like the, uh, the location. If they're filming in this mental institution and around the area, they probably have it roped off or something blocked off, so that way people can't just cross back and forth. But imagine just standing outside watching them, you know, film the thing. That's fucking aw that'd be awesome. I actually was in um, Ann Arbor, Michigan. I was living in Ann Arbor, Michigan when they were filming that movie with Jason Segel and uh, Emily Blunt. Uh, something marriage, some sort of marriage film. I have no idea doesn't matter but yeah i remember seeing those cameras but you can still travel through it's just not easy uh sarah paulson who is also in this film and american horror story she accepted the part without reading the script even though her role was originally written for a man for the opportunity opportunity to work with m night Shyamalan, she most definitely couldn't pass it up that's you know most people probably feel that way simply because of you're guaranteeing that this is going to be something crazy, right? Uh, James McAvoy uh, severely ups the ante on the number of personalities he portrays in a single film since the previous split installment, from nine to a whopping 20 personalities appearing on screen. So a lot of people were kind of confused by that within the split film. They were saying things like, oh, he had 24 personalities, but you only saw two or three you definitely didn't see 24 personalities. It was more like 2, 3, 4, I don't know. Not, definitely not 24. So when people would read the synopsis or the description of the film wherever before they watched it or heard about it before they watched it, the first thing you find out is he, this man has multiple personalities. You know, two dozen to be exact. And you expect to see them within the movie, but you don't. So it, it kind of it's like a cliffhanger. In a lot of ways, it pushes you to watch this movie just to see what his personality was truly like. What was going on there? Let's see all 24. I want to see all 24 because don't don't set it up <clears throat> saying that there's 24 and then never showing. Right? That's unfair. Uh, the movie actually had 39-day shoot that started October 2nd, 2017 with a script comprising of 134 pages. I don't know. Is that a long time? 39-day shoot doesn't seem very long just a little over a month uh, the comic book theme was first introduced in unbreakable and is frequently seen in the names of comic book characters Peter Parker Bruce Banner etc uh, this movie follows this theme with superhero David Dunn 
pretty interesting take though like how how M Night Shyamalan was able to like the timing of this movie with all of the popularity behind superheroes here he is dropping this shit and killing it you know doing a great job doing a fucking fantastic job really because nobody else is going to be able to put this spin on a superhero or superheroes and their their counterparts and what have you I mean, there's that film Brightburn that should be decent. It's from DC, I think. I'm not even sure. Don't quote me. I'm just speculating because I haven't seen it. I only know so much. I, like, Elizabeth Banks is in it, as well as the fact that the this is like a bad superhero. He's not a good guy. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But can it compare to M. Night Shyamalan's work? It's like a, a two-parter in a lot of ways. <laughs> Are they going to be able to do better with Brightburn? I don't know. Is it believable? I don't know. I am looking forward to seeing that, though. Uh, this is the third movie where James McAvoy had to shave his head. He's rocking the, the bald head quite often, if you didn't notice that. Uh, the film was a proper sequel to Unbreakable and was released 19 years later. How you like that? And Bruce Willis looks the same age. How does that happen? Uh, many cast members had previously starred in other superhero or comic book movies. Like Bruce Willis was in Sin City, Red, Red 2, and The Last Sin City. Uh, Spencer Treat Clark was in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., James McAvoy in Wanted, and the X-Men franchises, as well as Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. And as Octopus in The Spirit. You guys remember The Spirit? That was a weird one, huh? Scarlett Johansson, I believe, was in that. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is in New Mutants, and Sarah Paulson was also in The Spirit. I didn't know she was in that. Very interesting, though. The entire main cast has all been associated with superheroes at some point or another outside of just this film. Amazing. But I definitely recommend it. Highly recommend it for anybody who just likes a good plot twist as well as a lot of action. A lot of shit going down. A lot of fighting going down throughout this whole film. I recommend it for anybody and everybody. Phenomenal. Hey guys, just want to take a minute away from the show to tell you a little bit about my friends, Podcoin. That's P-O-D-C-O-I-N. I know you guys enjoy listening to podcasts, otherwise you would have never heard this ad. So if you would like to get paid to listen to podcasts, download the Podcoin app today. You will find every single podcast you can think of on PodCoin and you can listen to it and get paid. And then you can take that money, donate it to charity, get an Amazon gift card. So many options, so many reasons to go download the PodCoin app right now. It is available on all iOS and Android devices. So get that PodCoin app today and get paid to listen. Use code Seamus for 300 PodCoin at sign up and now back to the show okay so we've already talked about the movie glass in some detail 
and like I said, I highly recommend it. Anybody who just simply likes a good plot twist in a film, or just Bruce Willis or Samuel L. Jackson or James McAvoy, you will not lose. Now, this next thing I feel like I might have mentioned before in another episode or what have you, but either way, they have just released the third season, which in my mind is probably the last season. They do that a lot, uh, simply 30 episodes for a series, and then that's it. But I suppose we will see, because I'll be honest with you guys right here from the get, <clears throat> I don't 100% remember how the how the first two seasons went. I have no idea, no clue. And that's what happens, man. That's the one thing I, I, I hate about television, is, you know, like for instance with Game of Thrones... We had to wait how long before they came out with the the final season? You start to not care. Not only do you not care, but you forget completely as to why you were so invested in the first place. Why did I like that character? Oh, what is this person doing? You know, you find yourself connecting with these characters because... Especially if you can binge watch. Like, for instance, you can go and watch all 11 seasons of Frasier right now. You could do the same thing with Friends or Cheers. And you can get emotionally invested. Same thing with Breaking Bad. Because you can watch all of it at once. And these shows that come out periodically over time makes it harder to be... It's not the same. It's all about convenience. Can I watch it all at once? Can I binge watch it? No, I have to wait for episodes to drop? Well, I'm out. But either way, this is called Slasher. It's a TV series came out 2016 it is not rated it runs one hour and is simply drama horror and mystery the synopsis of this series is an anthology series <laughs> an anthology series featuring rampaging serial killers leaving carnage in their wake as their next victims fight to stay alive okay so I'm partially remembering I think there might have been multiple you know, a lot like American Horror Story, where each season is a little bit different. Alright, so a uh, series is directed by Craig David Wallace, Felipe Rodriguez, and it's written by Aaron Martin and Lucy Page, it looks like. But yeah, guys, I am, uh, wow. Hardly even know what to say about this, because I'll tell you first and foremost that uh, it's not a show for the faint of heart. Those who cannot deal with uh, intense gore and straight-up carnage. For instance, to put it into a little bit better of a perspective, the very first episode of the third season initi initially begins with a man not... Within the first few minutes of the thing, okay, but the first episode certainly features a guy being decapitated in the middle of the street with an axe. And unlike how it goes in, in movies generally, where it's a single swing type of situation, no. This guy had to cut this guy's head off with an axe with like three swings, and then he put the, the guy's head on the hood of a car like an ornament so if you can't even get past that there's a lot 
there's a lot <clears throat> it gets a lot worse to say the least okay um for instance i can't even remember what episode i was on but it really got me because in the same episode they were dissecting frogs and i've never dissected a frog so i don't know what the hell the inside of a frog looks like and i'm like mm, that's gross and before the episode's over the bad guy ends up dissecting a teacher right there in the classroom and she's still alive as he, he's already cut her open and then he goes to cut the chest plate and all, oh man it is horrendous it is hard to watch 100 percent. so if you can't deal with just the guy being his head cut off in the very beginning you're not going to get through the rest of the season and that's just the third season that i can remember you guys i can't remember the first two seasons 100 percent. i literally binge watched this third season because i i was like i know that show was crazy good i guess we'll see you know Sometimes when you get back into a show, they, they help you. Like, this is what happened on last season. Sometimes they don't, because sometimes last season has nothing to do with the newest season, and that's kind of how I felt. But then again, it, the storylines do intertwine. Either way, this is not your stereotypical... This is a show that is almost surprising to be on Netflix. It seems like an HBO type of situation, uh, a pay-per-view situation, maybe. It was It's aggressive. And I don't know if it was progressively getting worse as far as the gore, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it definitely will hold you in suspense. You're going to sit there and be like, oh, should I shut this off? How much further is it going to go? Oh, it's going there. Okay, well, we're already here watching, so might as well. It's like, damn it, why has it got to be so slow? Let's speed up the dissection type of thing. You know what I mean? Why we got to spend so much time on that shit? Ugh. It's aggressive, but what's really cool is the episodes in the third season are aptly named for the hours of the day. So, episode one is 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., so it's just a three-hour span. And bada-boom, bada-bang, there you go, three hours and it progresses like that. Uh, episode two is 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., episode three, 12 p.m. to 3 p.m., 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. You see what I'm saying? That's pretty interesting. I don't think I've ever seen another show do such a thing. But it, it's got a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, the series cast is Dean McDermott, who is very versatile. They're all really good actors, all of them in the show. Uh, Christopher Jacote, uh, Jim Watson, Paulino Nunez, uh, Katie McGrath. And uh, let me just say this, Paulino Nunez looks very much like the guy from uh the devil's rejects i can't think of what his name is like wb or something i don't know he's got like a weird name doesn't matter that much he just looks like him if you've seen the devil's rejects you know what guy i'm talking about the bald guy the clown uh joanne vanicola uh paula Brancati. like i said a lot of n not so popular names not people that i've ever even really heard of and I'll be honest, that's the way it should go. If you want it to work, you got you know, you have to I don't know, you have to really invest in it. But I guess this was uh, originally put on the channel uh the Chiller Network, which I've never really heard of. It is now on Netflix. I don't know if they just bought it or what, but it is definitely on Netflix. Uh, the opening scene of the series shows a carved pumpkin. This is a direct homage to John Carpenter's Halloween, as the pumpkin is an exact duplicate of the beginning credits of Halloween, 1978. Uh, in season one, Sarah and Cam say they want to 
they went to Camp Monte uh, Motega where they were kids, which is the setting of season two. So see, I'm gonna have to binge watch it all again. Go right back through. Uh, parts of Slasher were actually filmed in Sudbury, Ontario. Wonder where that is. I got some friends in Canada. I have to find out. Uh, since medieval times, the following punishments have been assigned to the seven deadly sins. That goes with one of the seasons for sure. Uh, Ty Olson, Glenn, plays a character Benny in the show Supernatural. In Slasher, Glenn's real name turns out to be Benny as well. What? See, that's beautiful. It's just like when I just recently found out, and I, I, I feel like I've heard it before, but I just recently paid more attention to it and made the connection because there's a second It coming out. And that is that a lot of the movies tend to go together. But the stories from Stephen King, they tend to go together. That's awesome. That's fantastic because they just mentioned uh, something about some crazy dog in Pet Cemetery, and they're obviously talking about Cujo, which is another Stephen King story. And it all Doonesbury, uh, some Doonesbury. Why am I saying that? I don't know if that's right. Either way, the place there's a place where Pennywise and all his doings took place. And that was simply the same area that pet, the Pet Cemetery story takes place and Cujo. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I really enjoy when stories or shows that you wouldn't expect to kind of intertwine to actually intertwine. Like, could you imagine the next Pet Cemetery having Cujo in it or Cujo being the next movie coming out from a Stephen King book? That'd be amazing. Because as a kid, I grew up around these people and other kids who were afraid of dogs. Terrified. And that movie is definitely a reason that that is the case. Same thing with uh, clowns. Stephen King is 100% the reason that some of these fears have manifested. I mean, let's, let's, be, let's be extra critical and honest here. That's fact. If it wasn't for... I mean, think about all these old movies... If most of the horror movies from back in the day were simply Stephen King stories brought to life, he was the the master of uh, horror. But doesn't matter. My point is, is I would like to see another Cujo film made in the year 2019, 2020, whatever, because that's going to be a scarier dog. It it's like remaking The Sandlot and having a a CGI dog, and not even CGI, but yeah, right. I mean, it probably would be. But it would definitely be more interesting than just the the regular large St. Bernard or what have you. Still scary, but not a aggressive dog. So let's 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 really up the ante here. Well, who knows? We'll see. But either way, I really did this fucking I can't even express how crazy this this season here of Slasher was. It reminded me a lot of the the movies the saw series you guys have seen the you guys have seen saw saw one two three four all the way up to seven and now jigsaw basically stating that it's it's very gore filled there's a lot of gore a lot of blood a lot of uh crazy deaths 
and it's intense. <laughs> I can't even, I, I don't know how else to explain it. It is a very intense show. Hard to watch. But if you can get past it, you're, when the answers come to the light, you're like, okay, I was not expecting that. Very much like M. Night Shyamalan. But I highly recommend it, guys. The newest season is available right now on Netflix. Alright guys, that is going to do it for the Can't Sleep cast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, you guys are my heroes. The audience, which is you people, are the reason that make this even worth it. And as I told you a few episodes ago, we're going to do our best to try and continue to put out as much material for this show as we can. Now, if you feel like supporting the show, you want to do more for the show, of course, leave a five-star review on iTunes. And please leave a five-star review, nothing less. (laughs) Those are the only ones that matter. And, uh, yeah. If you want to do more for the show, go ahead and donate at patreon.com slash trashpandamedia. All one word. And you can make a one-time donation by simply visiting paypal.me slash chewed. And, uh, you know, everything goes and helps support the show, man. More equipment, better uh, studio placing, and uh, food. You know, the, the, the necessities for survival. A microphone and uh, food. Right? Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks for listening, guys. As always, I am Patrick Michael. This is the Can't Sleep Cast. Follow me on Instagram at Patrick Michael Comedy or on Twitter at I Think I'm Irish. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Until next time, lords and ladies. <laughs>